0: welcome to the real estate raw show hosted by joe mendoza
1: hi guys gentlemen here in sunny san diego welcome to my show thanks so much for subscribing watch ladies and gentlemen today we have james evans who is a investor with gladstone capital he has about 17 plus units and just as we were talking you know I love the audience out there, whoever's listening, because there's always something to be learned from just about anybody, everybody. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Mr. James Evans. How are you?
0: I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time and sharing words of wisdom and any enthusiasm, anything you're seeing out in your marketplace. So let's jump right in, okay? Let's do it. All right, great. So let's talk about yourself a little bit for somebody who doesn't really know James. Where are you from? How did you get into real estate? And let's just take it from there. Yeah, sure.
0: Um, so I'm from the Boston area originally. Um, I got into real estate after going to college down at the University of Maryland, uh, living in the D.C. area for a while. Uh, my, my first job out of school was in kind of 2010 back uh back post like 08, 09 financial crisis. And I was in the consulting uh, world. So I was traveling a lot for work. I was leaving every Monday on a plane and coming back every Thursday. I said, this is really dumb to be paying like DC rents when I'm, I'm never here. Uh, so I actually just rented uh, my friend's couch for like a year and a half and saved up some money. And I was having a great time traveling around and kind of living all over the place, going on a lot of trips and still, just having super, super low overhead and kind of my day-to-day life because all all my meals are being expensed on the client sites. I I had virtually no rent. I I like paid for our Domino's orders. Um, So I I was able to save some money, pay off my student loans and was really interested in kind of buying my first place um, and also wanted to move back home to the Boston area. So that was kind of my catalyst. And uh, my, my mom was a residential real estate agent. So she helped me kind of understand the broad strokes, the numbers, and connect me to uh, kind of the mortgage guys and insurance guys and um and, and so forth. So that helped a lot. And in 2012, uh I was able to close my first condo uh just to live in. Uh it was a foreclosure, uh real estate owned, uh so bank owned property. But because this is 2012, there were just a ton of these that were in like fine condition. They were it was like actually really nice. It had been completely renovated maybe four or five years prior to that. Um, and I was buying it for like a hundred grand less than the, uh, previous owner had paid for it. And on a, you know, $200,000 condo, that's, it was, that was kind of like an interesting point for me. It's like, okay, this is probably my floor. Um, I don't, I don't see it ever like going below this, uh, and coming out of, you know, again, that last financial crisis, that was, that was the whole thing to me. It's like risk mitigation. I just didn't want to lose money. Um, so I also wanted a two bedroom place. So I, I kind of picked an area of Boston, East Boston, that was you know really not like where any of my friends wanted to live. It wasn't, you know, super trendy at that point. It's it's blown up since. But to me, it's close to the airport. Um, it was affordable. It was a nice place, great view. It was a two bedroom place. So I could have a roommate and have them pay the majority of kind of my mortgage payment and HOA. And, and that was like the extent to me of how I wanted to get into real estate. I was just pumped with that. Um, but that, you know, ended up doing really well. And it kind of set me on this whole journey, um, in, in, learning more about real estate investing and, and getting it, getting more into it intentionally rather than just kind of backing into it based on something I, I thought made sense.
1: Nice. Nice. So do you still have that property or did you trade it, sell it? What did you do with it? <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I ended up
0: selling it. I, I lived there for two years rented it up for two years and, um, and it, it appreciated a good amount. And <clears throat> I, uh, you know, wanted to kind of capitalize on not having to pay any capital gains tax on it. Cause you have that two and five year rule with uh section 131 exemption. Um, so I, I decided hey, I'm either going to hold this forever and not worry about it, or let's sell it, take it and kind of re reinvest the proceeds. Um, and I really wanted to get into multifamily at that point. So I, I decided to get the former route and. You know, just sell it, be done with it, take the cash out and
1: <clears throat> reinvest it into something else. Then what did you buy next and then next and then next?
0: Yeah, so um, from that place, once I decided to rent it out, I actually did a cash out refinance and bought a new place to live and bought my first investment uh, property, which was another condo, REO, kind of a uh, um, you know, classic two-bed, one-bath condo in Salem, Mass., um, so another kind of great commuter city, good tenant pool and the numbers worked really well. It was a $130,000 condo that rented for 1600 bucks a month. Um, and didn't need a ton of work. So it's a pretty, pretty, again, kind of low risk, good cash flowing. And I thought it was worth, you know, getting out more than what I was paying for it. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I kept doing for the next few years was, was buying condos that kind of looked like that in the $200,000 range renting them out for a year, selling it, and then trying to keep kind of um, leveraging up and buying more places. So that, it, that, that kind of transformed into me buying my first multifamily place too, is kind of doing my first few condos, self-managing them, understanding how to screen for tenants, understanding how to do maintenance work and how to hire, hire up maintenance work and and what to look for in some of these things and what they should cost. Um, so I, I felt a little more comfortable hiring a property manager after that for my multifamily buildings, just because I had kind of cut my teeth and and knew enough where I thought I wouldn't be taken advantage of to like an egregious perspective. So, um,
1: I think that helped a lot. Good, 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 good. So that multifamily that you bought, uh, how many doors was that first multifamily you bought?
0: Yeah, that was a, a six unit in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, I had. At this point, you know, after after I kind of bought my first condo to live in that East Boston place, I got I got you know pretty into the whole real estate scene and going to meetups and Bigger Pockets and um, you know found guys like Michael Blanc and Joe Ferella, so I know you've had both of them on as guests, like great great guys who I look up to in the the real estate world um, and a, a lot of people in that arena that I I kind of convinced myself that multifamily was the way to go. I have like a business background and. and kind of worked, was working as a consultant, trying to help companies improve their operations. So the idea of, of buying a multifamily building, it's it's really like, to me, it was buying a business more so than buying a piece of real estate. Um, it just had a lot of kind of tangible benefits to it. And you'd go into something, improve the operations, try to make revenue higher, try to make expenses lower. Then that makes the building worth more money. Is to me, it was buying a business with fewer variables and, and kind of things than an actual business would have. Um, or more predictable variables, maybe we should say. So it really appealed to me, and I um, I started looking at a state because you know cap rates and yield in, in Massachusetts, and it's also just not like a super landlord friendly state uh, to be in at scale. So I figured let's let's start somewhere else. So it makes a little more sense. Um, I was looking a lot in the Rust Belt, Ohio area, <clears throat> um, kind of Midwest where cap rates a little more appealing, and the, the trend seemed to be nice. Um, and I just was, it was kind of striking out. I was, I was having a hard time finding deals. If I found something, um, I won't be able to find financing or I'd, like something would come to light where it's like, Oh, this is actually like a horrible deal. <laughs> this is what's this is, good on paper. But in reality, once I started getting the opinion of some people in the know, like locally, it just, I was being completely blindsided. Um, and then luckily, you know, I, I've been kind of documenting my process on bigger pockets and, an agent in uh, Southern New Hampshire reached out to me and said, Hey, like we, we have pretty like similar economics here in Manchester is only an hour, an hour and a half drive um, from Boston. So it's like long enough where it's, it's kind of a different market different dynamics, but short enough where I could actually go and see the building and like be somewhat present and, and kind of understand what was going on a little bit better. Um, So we, we were searching for a while and, and found a place that made sense to me and I thought the rents were under market. I thought there were some things we could do to bring the expenses down. Um, And it was just, frankly, like the purchase price was cheap where I could do it with my own money and not have to raise a ton of capital. And I I kind of figured if I'm going to learn this, I'd rather do it with my own money first before I put any of my friends, family, or kind of network's money at stake here.
1: Nice, nice. So, yeah, we were talking earlier and most of my guests have been like large syndicators or you know, pulling all this money together, and you mentioned you're kind of flying solo right now. Uh, how's that worked for you? How's that worked against you?
0: Yeah, it's 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 definitely a double-edged sword. It's great because you know financially it's nice because I'm in control and I, you know, I'm kind of reaping the majority of the benefits of the equity ownership. Um, it's definitely limiting in terms of what you can do. Um, And I I have been involved on on more development projects and in Boston, one thing that's been popular, condo conversions and ground up condo builds, just as, you know, space is at a premium and and developers who can kind of go through the zoning process and the headache associated with uh, going through zoning in a, you know, kind of coastal historically protected city with, you know, pretty regulated in terms of our zoning regulations here in Boston. you know, those projects can be pretty nice. They're expensive though. um, And and the fact that they take a lot of capital and and expertise to complete. So I've found kind of a good group of of partners I've been working with um, to kind of do some of those projects where I've helped either raise capital and I've found deals and stuff where we just kind of joint venture together. Um, the, The benefit for me to that is I don't really have a construction background. It's been a very painful process to learn anything construction related. And I just have not... able to find the right contractor to partner with kind of long term um so so having two partners one of who is actually a licensed general contractor um and who do this full-time and are are really professional at everything they do gave me a lot more confidence when i went out to raise money that hey i like have a really good team kind of leading the charge on this and i'm i'm fine giving up like a lot of the the deal equity to be involved because i don't have a ton of like day-to-day responsibilities. I'm not running around putting up fires or waiting for subs to call me back and and scheduling that or going to, you know, all the, every zoning hearing or meeting with, you know, so there's a, there's a lot that's kind of taken off my plate. So I'm, I'm more okay with that return. Um, and it's given me a good sense of, of thinking about raising capital differently.
1: Got it. Got it. So are you investing, um, part-time full-time, you have a day job, something to help our audience out where you're at?
0: Person. yeah yep yeah, still have a day day job um again i've i've really uh, zigzagged a lot on my career trajectory i think i think early on in my career the first five years or so i was all about putting in a ton of time ton of work chasing the early promotions getting the top tier kind of year-end rankings and bonuses and things like that um, and as I've gotten more into real estate I've, I've really kind of taken the pedal off in terms of trying to go above and beyond at work and focus more on just kind of doing my job. Um, I've also, you know, last year, I took six months off with my wife and we went on a big trip um, across across and through Asia. So that was was really cool. Um, I spent the last two years only working three days a week at a 60% uh, working capacity. Um, So I've I've really appreciated the flexibility I've had with my day job. I have great team members, great managers, found some investors, Through work that have that have been really great to work with as well, um, it's it's it makes it tougher to kind of go into my own thing because I I do like my job so much and the people I work with and and I think it's a great company so um, that's that's where I was at with that, yeah
1: okay cool you mentioned your mom's a realtor she has a license she does that re- regular real estate agent uh, kind of stuff it sounds like. Um, do you foresee yourself maybe getting a license, using it uh, to your advantage in your investment business, or where do you see that kind of angle playing out?
0: Yeah, I do have my license actually, so I've had my license for a while. Um, I've used it for my own purchases. Um, I've done maybe ten transactions on my own, typically buying or selling my own places, um, and it's it's been helpful to have. It, it gives you a little bit of like credibility in the industry, and it makes you know personally me myself feel a little more credible, just having that credential behind me. Um, and it is nice on some of these to get, you know, the buyer commission or, say, the seller commission or something. I, I don't really see myself agenting for others too much. Um, I, I kind of know what that world is like from from being an investor and working with agents. And it's just, uh, with kind of what I want out of life and location independence and flexibility, um, and things like that. It's, it's not, it's not like the, the ends aren't necessarily uh, where I want to be with that. So I, I kind of have shown some discipline and haven't pursued that so much.
1: Good. 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 Anything else you wanted to share with the audience, any golden nuggets that you've learned and maybe things like uh, you wanted to share with the audience to avoid anything like that? Oh man. Um,
0: yeah you can go on for a while about this. Uh, there, there are probably a few few things that have helped me recently. I think getting started, you know you you want to learn from people who've been there and done that. and a great resource now is there's so much out on the internet between bigger pockets and blogs and YouTube videos and podcasts. Um, th- there's just so much info and it's really easy to one get bogged down kind of listening and reading and all that and, and never actually do anything. And two, it's pretty easy to get discouraged that you're not at the same level as someone else or following the same path as someone else and trying to kind of force your way into how someone else has done it, replicated it. And I've, I've been there and I've, I've kind of had those same mental blocks. And it, uh, I I think, you know, if anyone's out there just needs a little encouragement that it's okay, like all these people that are out there and talking and doing their blogs, they did it their way. They probably like learned something from someone else, but know they had a different path and you're gonna have a different path too and just because it doesn't look like someone else's it's it's not a good thing or a bad thing it's just it's kind of your your own you're never you're never going to fully copy someone else's journey so don't get super discouraged if you're not like at the same scale as someone else or doing the same things at the same age as someone else It, it doesn't really matter um and then I think one thing that's helped me a lot is I've never really got stuck on that kind of education cycle. I think I've learned enough where that, like, I feel confident to go do something and I'm pretty good at biasing towards action, going to do it. And then understanding, I'm probably going to have to repeat that cycle a bunch of times because I'm going to do something. I'm going to realize like, oh, I need to learn more about this. I'm going to go back and learn more about it and redo it again or do something different um, <clears throat> and, and try to kind of like complete that by teaching other people too. I think it's been helpful and clarifying my own thoughts. Um, I, I think one, one more thing that's been helping me at least the last two years, uh, ever since we, we went on our big trip, is just every day I write, I wake up and kind of wrote, write down what I did the last day. And it doesn't have to be super thoughtful or super like, thought out it's just like anything that's on my mind right then and there and just the basics of what happened the day before i just jot it down as as quickly as i can when i when i wake up over breakfast um and it's it's been super fun especially traveling to go back and say hey like what were we doing uh like may 12th of two years ago and i can tell you exactly what we did that day um and it's it's just sparks some interesting conversations and memories and and thoughts about kind of what I was thinking and, and what was going through my head. And it's like having this own little time capsule. Um, and that's helped me a lot and, and kind of reminding myself of my principles and, and thought process at a, a point in time. And it's been a helpful reminder.
1: Very good. Very good. I appreciate it, James. You know, I, that was a massive tip just now about the need to know now learning. You know, some people think they need to know everything, and study, and study, and study, and and never take action, but uh, I like how you say, hey, I'm going to learn what I need to, take action, focus more on the massive action, then learning some more uh, if I need to, but other than that, I'm going to stay focused, and keep grinding, making it happen. I love the fact journaling. I I think that's a very, very uh, big um, piece to success, that who knows, you can even share it with you know, another generation or relative, or maybe turn it into a book someday. So that's pretty cool that you're doing that. And yeah, uh, yeah. keep up the great work. Best way to get a hold of you, James?
0: Uh, probably email james at gladcap dot com. Um, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me.
1: All right, perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, your contribution. We wish you well. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you having me on. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I hope you learned as much as I did or more. So guys, look at the comment thread. If you have seen something or heard something, wanna learn more about something, please put it on the comment link below. If you're not a subscriber yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Go ahead and smash that bell to hear the latest and greatest on the show. Follow me on Facebook, Follow me on Instagram. I'm putting this channel together to hopefully add incredible value to you. And if you want to learn more about investing, you're new to investing, I highly recommend this book, Flex with a Plex. Also, this book, if you're having some challenges, as you can see, everybody on the show had some kind of adversity, including yours truly. So I shared a lot of that on make it a comeback, giving you some incredible tips to make a comeback. So get either one, flex with a Plex, or make it a comeback. If you want to get more tips, go ahead and go to joemendoza.com. Again, subscribe, share, like, make a comment below. I really, really appreciate you. want to add incredible value and wish you all the best in your success in real estate and in life. Take care. Our company is not responsible for the success or failure of your business decisions relating to any information presented by our company or our company programs, products and or services.